The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Richard. Darren. So today we're going to talk about a um, topic I, I believe everyone has some experience with, and that's loneliness or feeling alone. Okay. Um, and I picked on this little comment. I think there's some things to explore here, particularly as um, you know what it mean, what the different kind of aspects of loneliness or loneliness are in our lives, and also how we can overcome those things, mm. like how the teachings or what the teachings inspire us to do in order to to mm-hmm. overcome them. So this person says. Um, people sometimes talk about very superficial things, and I find these discussions very boring. I often want to withdraw from people and just spend time alone. I like to be by myself without any distractions like my phone. Just sitting with my eyes closed or looking at anything can sometimes give me a powerful feeling when I feel as if I'm connected to everything. I think being alone during spiritual awakening can be almost essential. There's so much inner work that needs to be done, and any outside distractions can lead to an unfocused process. So I think there's some interesting things there. I think yeah. about the sort of the need to go within, mm-hmm. kind of especially at the beginning of a spiritual path, and also sometimes what it can feel like in the beginning of your spiritual journey as you start to perhaps shift away from the friends that you used to have or the things, the shared interests that you used to have together, mm-hmm. and you start begin to change as a person. Yeah, yeah. And well, I, yeah, yeah. I just wonder if you had any initial thoughts. Yeah, on that I mean, my initial thoughts, because as you know, I don't know what you're going to come <laughs> up with. Are, that there is a difference and a big difference mm. between being lonely and being alone. Yes. Uh, yeah. Great um, first point to make. Those I are, totally agree. That, that's the sort of starting point and mm. it's a key point. Mm. Um, some people could be, and, and, you, and I've, you know, we've come across cases of like this sometimes, mm. and even tragic ones sometimes, can be a socialite. They can be in the company of people a lot. And this questioner touches on this a bit actually but still feel lonely Mm. um they and there's another thing people do sometimes in order to not be lonely and it's done instinctively i don't think people sit down and plan it yeah they know i think we all know what works what is likely to make you kind of popular company sure to be invited to social activities a certain mode of behaviour that fits in well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when you dot that, um, you, you do indeed get a circle of friends. But are they real friends? Because yeah. they don't know you. They only know this right. persona that you've adopted because you know that it works. As I say, it's often instinctive. Yeah, and totally. this is why you see different mannerisms and different social groupings. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you fit in. Mm. And so you have company. But nobody, you might not have anyone who really knows who you really are. Yeah. So it's really like a waste of time because the thing you need, uh, if you need company, and most of us do to one degree or another, even if it's just to accomplish things, yeah. um, are people who know you as you are. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can tell them everything about yourself and or even that you have to tell them everything about yourself. But it's, if it's real, 
then whatever you have, even if you only have one really close friend, and most people have more than that, but even if you only had one, that one friend is a proper friend yeah, because they know who you are. And at least as much as you have shared, it is the truth about who you are. Yeah. Because uh, I agree with what you're saying, that some, you know, particularly when you're, you're starting to really explore the deeper questions in life, mm. there is a point in which you just... You know, you just sort of drop the act or you begin mm. to drop the act or the mask or whatever you mm. might call it. Mm. And there's a more authentic explosion only of yourself, but of, of these deeper questions of life as well. Yeah. I think, you know, probably a lot of people listening to this, maybe in their experience, you know, as you begin to explore those things and you sort of lose interest in a lot of the other sort of c common pursuits, you know, in our sort of materialistic world. Um, people who you shared those with, you just sort of drift apart to mm -hmm. some extent. And as you begin to... Um, prioritize the most important thing in your life, which is the spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And that can, there can be an aspect of loneliness there until you start to make those other, as you say, friends who share that same prioritization, I guess mm. you would say, as you, mm -hmm. um, and who care about it to the same extent as you, and who begin to know you as you really are, someone mm. who cares about this yeah, aspect Yeah, I mean, I, I think, because people often ask me what they should do yeah. about their spiritual beliefs mm. with other people, with family even, okay. and with friends, yeah. uh, how much should they, as it were, proselytize, and there mm -hmm. are certain religions who go out of their way and they feel duty-bound to yeah. try to convert others and so forth. Yeah. I don't think that that is necessarily essential but what I, I would advise in most I won't say in all cases because it might affect a you know um, a, I don't know might affect certain professional things or what have you but by and large wherever possible I think it's good if people that matter in your life at all know what, what you believe, you believe. Mm. it doesn't mean you've got to spend all your time talking to them about it sure and if they're not interested you probably won't but if they can't accept that you're that kind of person, they aren't worth hanging out with. Totally. They're not worth really hanging around. Yeah. And I thought it doesn't necessarily take very long for people to know what sort of interests you have. But I, I have come across people who have actually got hidden it mm -hmm. from people. And so they, again, fall into the category of having false relationships. But yes. If, yeah, if yeah, spirituality yeah. is a very important thing to you. Sure. So I say it doesn't mean you've got to sit down and they, they're obliged to talk to you about it. Although I've often found that once people do, they want to, but they certainly don't have to. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't want to spend time with anybody uh, who didn't, if they knew what I really believed, actually want to spend time with me on the basis that they won't find out. Yeah. Waste of time. Totally. Unreal. Mm. No progression. What it's like to throw something else. There is a promise in the teachings that have been delivered uh, through the Ethereum Society that you might be alone or few in number but you won't be lonely mm -hmm. and that's if you follow those teachings sure. if you don't follow them then you could sure. get quite lonely yeah. but if you really live them i mean you could be in a deep if you're able to state of consciousness and be physically completely alone for a long period but you are aware of living beings around you and having some interaction with them of one kind or another more than you've ever done before mm. while being in that state. Yeah. Um, so loneliness, as, we, as I said right at the beginning, is very, very different from being alone. And also it depends very much on the personality as to how much you really 
require in terms of company. Some seem to require it, or I say seem to require it, sure. much more than other. Sometimes it can be a substitute, though, even an escape for contacting their higher self. Mm. It's kind of what that person was alluding yes, to. Yes, they were right? alluding to, yeah. and I do agree with the person that whatever, however sociable you might be or how many people you've got in your life, mm -hmm. if you're on this path, you will need at times to have a, a period where you are on your own. At the very least, in the company of someone who completely respects what you're engaged in and le leaves you to your own devices. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And um, I think, you know, it's sort of like, you know, you may be losing people in the beginning as you as you kind of drop the mask of the act and you're more of yourself and maybe some people don't really like that or accept you for who you are, fine. But the people you find on the other side of it, and certainly the time you find to go within and also discover the, the most important thing, is uh, there's a real promise in that, isn't there? I mean, beyond oh, yeah. the true friends, the most important point I think here is more about, you know, our, our current sort of state of separation, you could say, mm. or parent separation from God. And mm. that's really, um, you know, there's so many places in the teachings, even the prayers that, that we say sometimes, which are about overcoming, I think the Master Jesus says somewhere, overcoming the cold of your terrible aloneness. Yes, and, yes. And, yeah. and other prayers, like he encourages us to say the... Uh, is the prayer for spirit? It's not the aloneness, it's the cold. <laughs> the cold. I'll just okay. throw that into Okay, that. interesting, yeah. yeah. The aloneness itself could be a wonderful sensation mm. at times, mm. depending on you. But the cold aspect of it, that's leading the... to the loneliness, you mm. might say, that's what uh, he's, he's, referring, he's to referring to. And I think probably deeper, he's referring to uh, aloneness in, in the sense of not being one with their real selves, exactly. not being one with all life, mm. uh, which is, you know, the natural state and the, the last thing you could be. I mean, there are so many of the great yogis in the past, it's not the order of the day now, mm -hmm. who went off, I mean, I'm always interested, as you know, to find what I would regard as terrestrial people, people from this planet, not extraterrestrials, yeah. not ascended sure. people, yeah. who've entered the higher states, mm -hmm. the somatic states, and there are some, I mean, in and, and modern times, uh, there's, there's uh, one I found, Swami Narayananda, I think his name, okay, which yeah. I do who I believe, mm -hmm. do believe he entered mm -hmm. that. He said he did, and I actually believe that. Another one I've looked into lately, R Ramana Maharshi, mm -hmm. uh, who spent most of his time alone for long periods until an ashram built up around him. Interesting enough in his case, although I don't believe he was extraterrestrial myself at all, okay. um, and I don't know what his followers believe about him, but there was a UFO seen over his passing, by the way. Wow. They didn't call it that. They called it a shooting star traveling slowly in okay, the sky. Of course, yeah. Which shooting stars don't, <laughs> don't travel do. slowly, yeah. No. <laughs> no, yeah, I think um, I'd like to talk more about this, you know, basically overcoming... Um, that cold that you're talking about, because mm. you know the 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 sort of maybe the outer loneliness that a lot of people feel and talk about is to me it seems really a symptom of our own disconnection from our own higher self. Ultimately, uh, mm -hmm. the separation that we feel from God, mm. and you know what you know if we if if we were kind of helping people to say you know giving people a, a formula for what they could do to overcome this. I mean, mm. what would you recommend? Well, I, say? I well, one or two things. I mean, I, I have a, I've got a, a friend actually who it, it mixes in, um, you know, Hollywood circles and goes to these extremely expensive has to as part of his job sure. social celebrity type um, functions 
where there's all kinds of socialising going on mm -hmm. and unlimited, it seems, money spent and yeah. all that sort of thing. And this person is not poor by any stretch of the imagination. He's quite a well-off person. But he felt, having attended one of these, just that, you know, very much alone mm. in the room mm -hmm. because the values... Uh, yeah, what what sure. what satisfied? What was pleasurable? Sure. Uh, what seemed real to those around him just didn't hit, tick his box. You know. Totally get it. Um, and so, strangely, it can be a false feeling because we're led to believe that we need this, we need that. You know. Every. I mean, I'm very very fortunate, as you know in having a, a partner in my life, Alison, who's on the same path as me, always has been. Mm -hmm. And so that's lucky. But the idea is put out there, though, that unless you have a partner, you're not going to be fulfilled. Right. And that may not be true. Mm -hmm. um, there may be that certain people actually, in this particular life, require a life without a one partner, a particular partner. Um, and, you know, you hear about marriages where there's tremendous loneliness in the marriage mm. because it's uh, done probably by arrangement or, I mean, uh, by them, arranged by themselves. Sure, but, sure. you know, along the lines I mentioned earlier, trying to be what fits in and what where that sure. will work, then we'll do this. So that's one thing. Another thing people are led to believe, unless you've had children, mm. you haven't led a fulfilled life. And then there's the idea, unless you have a wide circle of friends and you're attending a lot of social activities, you won't have a full, full life. Mm. So a lot of it is conditioning. Sure. You yeah. just strip away which bits of it are true and which bits of it aren't true mm. and see really what the root of this feeling is, this cold, as you call it, or yeah. as Master Jesus calls it. And, and you might find it's... Um, as you rightly identify, actually, I think you're onto it before I even say it, you know, a, a spiritual um, gap yeah. in okay. your life. It's, it's not just actually people. Uh, it can be um, money, too, because mm. people are led to believe they need money to be fully satisfied. They led, they're led to believe they need a certain level of wealth, depending on their background. If they're brought up in certain very prosperous communities, they might think, you know, I've got to have uh, all sorts of things, you know, and a yacht sure. and a this and, a, sure. and maybe even a plane, depending what, you know, and it all will depend. But they're, they're given that expectation, and if they don't meet it, they attribute... Mm -hmm. their unhappiness or whatever the, the feeling is yeah. to that. Mm -hmm. And it's a wrongful attribution. The great, I said before on this show, people don't talk about soul suppression. Mm -hmm. They talk about sexual suppression and mental suppression and you know, emotional suppression, but not soul suppression. And that's the biggest cause of anxiety of one kind or another there is. Yeah. Because it's cr the soul is knocking on the door and very often it's not being listened to. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think a lot of people can resonate with that because you know, sometimes it takes a more traumatic or desperate situation or experience that you find yourself in to finally take that step over the threshold where mm. you begin to recognize or listen to or take action based on what you feel your, your inner voice is saying to you, mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. And... Um, you know, often, you know, when we finally do that, we gosh, we should have done this years ago. Why didn't I take that step before? Mm. But, you know, a combination of 
not necessarily having the, the courage or the bravery to, to break away from some of these social, some of the social conditioning, which can even come from, you know, can come from your family, can come from your friends, can come from, you know, the social circle that you find yourself in. Um, but also it's just, it can be difficult to, to, to you know, those inner prompting sometimes kind of are inconvenient truths, aren't they? And yeah, and I actually believe that the, the biggest bonds uh, are not going to be dogmatic, but mm. I can say, I will say, are likely to be those created through spiritual work or... or oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah, spiritual yeah. common ground. Yeah. Um, because those bonds are more likely to last through the lives. And, you know, they, they, so it could be not a family member at all. I'm not going to rule out that it might be a family mm. member, but it's not necessarily a family member. Sure. It's not necessarily somebody from your social circle or your same background or your same nation. Uh, it's, it might be someone that you meet who's from a very different, unconnected background to you, but is joined by this spiritual commonality. Totally. And you, you work on it together, and that can, I believe, lead to bonds which are more likely to last beyond this life because you're on the same evolutionary trajectory. Yeah. And that's what determines where we go in our future lives. You're yeah. likely to be drawn together again because mm. that's a lasting thing that will draw you together. Um, and so, the, again, we have these artificial ideas of what really lasts and what, mm. what works on this plane. You could have a married couple, a very, very happily married couple who pass on not long after each other. Sure. And yet when they pass on, pending how advanced they are, they won't necessarily retain their union. They might, mm. but that'll depend on their spiritual trajectory. Yeah, no, I, I love this point because it's, it's kind of like part of the promise of really pursuing your spiritual path and um, rekindling those bonds that, you, as you say, may have been formed over lifetimes. Mm. And, um, you know, whereas you may have felt ultimately a real loneliness with the people that you may have grown up with or been around and the environment you may have been born into, when you finally start to pursue your spiritual path in earnest and you devote yourself, you know, in service um, and you begin to draw around yourself or find other people on the same, you know, who, who share the same, you know, conviction as you, um, it's like those, those relationships come back into play again. And suddenly, Gee. whereas you may have felt you're alone, now you're completely at home, actually. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you might not require, mm. you know, parties every night and regular dinners and lunches yeah. and all the rest of it, but you're there together. Yeah. You might be working together. Mm. That can be a stronger bond than partying together, a much stronger bond mm -hmm. between two people. Yeah. Um, and and it, as I say, it can last. And I'd like to take it, if I might, you haven't asked me this, but I do go off tangent. <laughs> I'm sorry, as you well know. But I do think it applies not only to relationships with people, but to relationships with um, activities. Yeah, okay. So let us say you have a person... Let's, let's take a, a really positive one, a creative artist, mm -hmm. maybe a composer, maybe a musician, maybe a writer, um, maybe an inventor. Uh, let's say a creative genius um, in one particular life could bond with other creative geniuses in the similar sphere. Mm -hmm. um, they might be Renaissance artists and then they might come back again. But, but the higher the motivation behind what they're doing, I believe the stronger the bond will be. 
-hmm. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. You could have a person who uh, is a highly, they, let's say they're a creative genius, sure. and they are highly and mentally inspired to work on some piece of writing that's really in their mind and they're dying to do it, they, they're driven to do it. They're not going to be distracted by any social activities or any domestic activities. They're going to do their art, whatever it might be, or their science, whatever it might be. But they are a genius, let's just say. And they might, though, become aware that there's something they can be doing for others that is more useful than that. Mm -hmm. Now, they don't want to do that they want to go and write their novel or whatever it might be. But something higher within them is saying no. Now, they might write the novel later and they might defer it, but they're driven to do something even greater at this particular moment, which might be helpful to people who, who are dying or, or people uh, in some other way that overrides it and they're driven to do it. Might even be they're driven to go within Mm -hmm. to um, realize a deeper state of enlightenment, which they can then apply in some way. Now, when that happens, they're doing something which is mentioned in the fourth freedom, in the nine freedoms, which they will then transmute the mental energies upon the plane of inspiration called high intuition. It's not the only example of this by mm -hmm. any means. It's just sure. one that is interesting to me. Um, and, of course... I'll repeat those words, actually. Transmute the mental energies upon the plane of inspiration called high intuition. You'll find it in the fourth freedom of the nine freedoms by Mars Sector 6. Because they're then prompted by that high intuition. They'll bring, a, bring about a transmutation of those mental energies and they'll become more enlightened. Now, if you have people who are driven by some common ground, whatever it might be, yeah. it might be helping a leper colony. Mm -hmm. Schweitzer was a, a brilliant uh, organist, a, a great theologian, but he was driven to help lepers, and so he became a doctor to do that. That's what he was driven to do, assuming, as, as I will assume, that he was doing the right thing in doing that. Then he was driven by an intuitive force within him, and his other abilities will then be transmuted. And they'll either manifest later and he'll use them later, yeah. or they'll, the inspiration that he had will, uh, whatever degree of it there was, will manifest at a different level and in a different way. Mm -hmm. The same inspiration that he would have applied to his organ playing and ability will be translated into, in this case, saving lepers through medical means or whatever it might be. It, and then you're being driven by something which isn't even limited by an idiom or a cultural um, aspect. or Because uh, I do think some artists are attached to their work. I do believe there are people... And it is an attachment I see, yeah. then. Yeah, it's yeah. a great one. It's a really good one. <laughs> yeah. Especially if they are a genius, mm -hmm. we're all very grateful. But they'll come back as a composer, back as a composer, because they're still attached to that thing. Or if, if it's Tibetan Buddhism and their, their philosophy of Tibetan Buddhism, they'll come back and they'll, even if they're born nowhere near Tibet, they will seek that out because that's, even that, it's a high one, but it's still a samskara, as they would say in the past. So they then are driven by something higher. And when you're driven by something higher, coming back to your original question, <laughs> uh, then you'll transmute 
the loneliness I see. into oneness. Mm. No, that's a beautiful way to put it. I mean, ultimately, it's like if you're following the, your highest intuitional prompting, as you're describing, mm. is going to take us to God through service. Yeah. And we, as you say, and in that oneness, then, yeah. And the it, people it, who are drawn there, you know, and I do think this, when it comes to religion, um, and I'm, I'm going to actually be very clear, there is no world religion that gets really explained, none of the big major world mm -hmm. religions that really explain how to go about getting samadhi, how to go about getting cosmic consciousness, how even to really go about developing your psychic abilities, or even really how to pray in the most potent way you can possibly pray, mm -hmm. or heal in the... They, they don't do that. They don't tell you that. Now, when a new path comes along, and the theory is one, which is relatively new, You've got to be a person who is able to listen to your higher self, your totally. inner drawing, much more. Because mm -hmm. if it's a traditional religion that's been with us for hundreds, if not thousands of years, you can draw on the samskaras, which are in the mind belt. Yes. You're yeah. not going against it. And you can draw on your own samskaras. You may have followed that path before, or you can certainly recognize it as something. It's much easier... Now, doesn't necessarily mean that because something's new, you've got to do it, by the way. Mm -hmm. There could be something new. There are things new which are really bad from all I can gather. There are some terrible cults out there sure. which are new. So it's a newness doesn't make it right. But in the case of the Ethereum Society, which is new-ish, uh, what are we now? 1955. So it's, we're coming up to 70 years, Almost, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's relatively new. It does take a certain prompting, uh, which isn't uh, coming mm -hmm. from some attachment, to, to, to discover it, recognise it, and put it into practice. Yeah. And all power and all credit to people who can do that because they're listening then to their higher selves. It's a different point than we were making. But you, you will then come across people on a path like this one. Exactly. There isn't actually another path quite like this one. <laughs> yeah, you get yeah. my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who are also capable of doing that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. They might be very different from you. They might be at quite a different level from you or not. But they are capable of doing that. And they're doing that in their own way. And this is a, a tremendous bond which I would say is very likely to last through the lives. Mm. Whereas other bonds based on something more transient are more likely to be transient themselves. Mm. Let's finish with that, a wonderful promise. Thank you, Richard. Everybody, it's Darren here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, that's ethereus.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, and your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time.